kids are really suffering right now. So this episode is dedicated to helping us understand how we can help our kids that might be stressed out, that are confused, bored, frustrated, and all around looking for guidance. Welcome to Sovereign Solutions, a lifestyle podcast for your soul. I am your host, Cody Ann Smith. I'm a spiritual advisor and teacher who is passionate about helping you master your life, upgrading your energy, answering your highest calling, and leaving a legacy that powerfully impacts the world. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for your gift of presence and for spending your quality time and energy here with me today on the show. It really means the world to me, and I just want to let you know that I appreciate it. Now, today, I want to talk to the parents because, let's face it, it has been extremely hard on parents this year, 2020. Yeah, we are getting ready to go into 2021, and here we are still dealing with the same kind of thing. We have the pandemic playing out. We have all these restrictions. Kids are really suffering right now. A lot of them are doing at-home learning where they're sitting at home on their laptops all day long doing school, regular public school at home. And then there's other children who are going to school wearing masks all day long, not able to socialize with their peers anymore. Some places are telling the children that socializing is for social media. It is not for school and to just basically sit in their chair, be quiet, wear their mask, stay six feet away from one another and feel dehumanized. These kids are struggling and it is up to us to be able to make their lives easier. Now, we also have other options such as homeschooling, which is what we opted for this year because it has been such a gift to be able to watch the kids grow in ways that I never saw while they were in the regular public school system. Now, I know homeschooling is not for everybody, but Right now, I think we can all agree that no matter if we are in public school, if we are doing remote learning or homeschooling, our kids need support. So this episode is dedicated to helping us understand how we can help our kids that might be stressed out, that are confused, bored, frustrated, and all around looking for guidance. So I have about six key points that are outlined here that we're going to touch on today. Uh, The first one is lowering our expectations of our children. This can be one of the hardest things to do because, of course, as parents, we want what's best for them and we can see things that the kids cannot yet see. However, this comes with a price a lot of the time. And a lot of the time, our expectations are actually higher than they need to be. And after doing considerable contemplation on this, I have come to the conclusion that we have these expectations because we over-identify with our kids. So if they aren't doing well somewhere, then we automatically internalize that as if it is us who is not doing well in that particular area. 
Okay. Here's a perfect example. I was at the park not too long ago with my daughter and we were, I was pushing her on the swing and there was a man next to me pushing both of his children on the swing. However, he was doing it with resentment. Every time she asked him to push her on the swing, he would have some nasty thing to say to her as far as her being lazy. And he even went as far to ask her if the teachers at school push her on the swing. And when she said that she doesn't swing at school, he said, well, it must be because you're just too lazy to even swing for yourself. And he was just pounding this in this child's head, probably saying it at least 10 times within the 20 minutes of me standing next to him. So clearly his expectations of her were very high that she can take care of herself and that she shouldn't require him or even want him to push her. Now, in his mind, he probably thinks that he was helping her become more independent. And he likely had parents that had high expectations of him as well and treated him probably similar. So I'm not throwing shade at this guy. I'm simply using this as an example. Of course, this is just one example out of many examples that we could have as parents. What I want to invite you to do is to start thinking about your expectations of your child in a different way. Think about the fact that it's okay for you to have an expectation, but also to know that it's your expectation and that it's not so much about the expectation itself. It's about how we respond when they don't fulfill our expectations. When our children do not fulfill what we think they should be doing, How do we respond to that? If we're stressed out, we respond angry or we project our own hurt onto them and we project our expectations onto them and we almost forget that they are individuals, real people who have feelings, who might be dealing with their own stuff and maybe that's why they're not being able to fulfill these expectations. Maybe they don't understand the importance of the expectations that we have for them. So it's important that we can show up with compassion and empathy, being able to put ourselves in their shoes and seeing the world from their perception and then accepting when they make mistakes, right? Because that's how we're going to be able to learn how to lower our expectations of our kids and help them. Perhaps we can start asking them what it is that they think is important for their lives. What I personally have found to be very, very helpful in my parenting and helping through all of this craziness that we're dealing with is by getting curious about them and asking them their input. People are a lot more likely to do the things that they need to do when they have a say. Children are a lot less likely to do what it is they need to do when they are being dictated. Instead, they rebel. So we have to learn how to find that balance. And I believe that one of the best ways that we can do that is by lowering our expectations or at least responding to our expectations when they're not fulfilled in a conscious way. The second thing that I had here on my list was to help them establish healthy routines. It helps to minimize um, inconsistencies. 
right? We are creatures of habit. We all have them. But when you go from having a routine for so many years of waking up at a certain time, catching the bus, if that's something that, you know, you've done and sitting at school and being told what you need to do all the time, regulating your own schedule at home can come as a shocker. It can be very overwhelming. The kids can feel like they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. And this is also a perfect opportunity to help them create that for themselves, right? For so long, they've been told exactly what they need to do, when they need to do it, how to do it. But now they are actually developing that life skill of being able to prioritize what's important. So we can help them to create healthy routines so that they can do that. Now, again, the key word here is help them, not tell them, not tell them what it is they need to do, but facilitate and guide them. Help them get to the point where they understand what their values are for their own health, for their own happiness, and then help them fill in the gaps so that they can get there. For example, if your child has to be up by a certain time in the morning and they have a hard time getting around, this might sound counterintuitive, but perhaps they would want to wake up just a little bit earlier so that they can come too and maybe sit in silence, maybe have some breakfast before they log into their, to their Zoom meeting or whatever, is, whatever it is that they're doing and allow them to establish that healthy routine of taking care of themselves before diving into work. This helps the transition between waking up and then being able to be present and alert during the times that they need to be. The third thing that I have here on my list is to be present. The kids right now are lacking connection like never before. They can't talk to their peers like they used to. Most of them can only see their eyes and they have to stay far away from one another. And if they're at home doing school, then they are still lacking that human connection because they are seeing one another through a screen. So what you can do to help your child the most, especially at an emotional level, is to be present with them when you talk to them, when you're having discussion with them. Set aside time on a daily basis so that you can check in with them and ask them questions. When you get curious with what your child is thinking, feeling, learning, and enjoying, they're going to open up to you. And it's important that you can be a solid rock for them, which means that you are not distracted by your phone going off or the TV being on or having two children talk to you at once. You want to create some time for each child every single day where you can be 100% present with them. There was an article I read somewhere that said, well, they were talking about how we are the most disconnected as a society the way it is because of our devices. So every time that we look at our phone when we're communicating with somebody is 
equivalent to if we were just to pull out the newspaper and put it up in front of our faces while somebody's speaking to us. It breaks connection. So in order to be present, we have to put our phones away, set aside time, get curious, and then just be there. Presence means that our children can share anything with us and we don't have a reaction to it. We are there, we are holding space, and we are allowing them to lean on us when they need it the most. This is going to deepen the relationship between you and your child, and it's going to form a tighter bond. When we're present with our children, it reduces their stress. Think about it. Think back to when you were super stressed out and you had somebody there just to hear you and to be present with you and to look at you in the eyes and maybe even offer you a hug. Did that dramatically decrease your stress? I bet it did. It's the same for the kids. When we can be present and they know it, they know that we are there for them unconditionally and that is extremely healing, it drops that stress response, which means it also decreases the inflammatory chemicals that come along with being overly stressed out. Number four, strive for balance in parenting. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it when I was a kid and then as a parent myself. There's two main sayings that a lot of us have said and a lot of us have heard. One of them is, I am not a friend, I'm a parent. Now, before anyone freaks out, I totally get it. I understand. Typically, when we say this, it's because we know that we need to help guide our children. We need to parent them. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But what I want to strive for is balance. Because why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't we be a friend and a parent. It's almost like when you put those two together, you end up with the best friend that anybody could have. Because a best friend is somebody who looks out for you, but doesn't limit you, right? But then of course, there's the other side where people can get too far off into being a friend and not enough parenting, and they don't have the boundaries and not enough structure. So it's about striving for balance between being the parent and being the friend and being okay with both. This one really, really stands out to me a lot because my mom used to say this to me and my mom was overly strict. So strict that when I got a taste of freedom, I went crazy with that freedom. I don't want that for my kids and I'm sure you don't either. Number five. Teach them life skills. Right now is the perfect opportunity to bond through teaching life skills to your kids. This is something that normally we wouldn't think about when our kids are at school all day and then when we come home from work, usually we get into routines where we just kind of follow the same routine every day and we don't give ourselves much space or room to teach life skills. But now it's like things are slowing down and we have even more time on our hands with our children. So why not use it to create skills that can help them in the long run? Kids thrive when they feel independent. 
We want kids to grow up to be leaders who know how to take the initiative, not who are waiting around, waiting to be told what to do. I'm going to give you a couple examples of some things that I teach my kids. And actually, when I say teach, I don't even mean that. I mean, I facilitate, I guide them, and I lead them to it. One of them is cooking. The kids have had such a great time learning how to cook, learning fractions in the kitchen, being able to eat the meal that they put so much work into. I have noticed that their gratitude for their food has shifted so much when they participate in helping. Then they see all the work that goes in to creating that dinner and they feel like they have contributed. Contribution is a very important thing to have in the real world. And you know, because if you work with other people, you know that you have to contribute and they have to contribute to make things run smoothly. Allow them to help you build furniture. They need to know how to use tools such as hammers, screwdrivers, nails, drills, all these different tools, tape measures. The other day we got a new bookcase because we just have so many books and there were so many on the floor and it was time to get them off the floor. So we bought this bookcase and the kids helped build it. They had to look at the diagrams and figure out where things go. They had to learn how to position nails so that they didn't bust the nail through that really thin wood. They learned the importance of accuracy and doing it the right way in order for it to fulfill its function. And they learned how to work together since they were doing it together. So they learned how to take turns. They learned how to build teamwork skills. Another life skill that's important that we can teach our kids is money and how it works. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, my mom never taught me how to deal with money. It was just something that we used to pay our bills and you just worked to get it, but was never really taught exactly what the value of money is and how to have a relationship with it. So my kids, they get to decide how they're going to spend their money. And I help them, guide them to comparing prices before they buy things. We build lists together so that they can put down what's a need and what's a want so that they can spend their money on things that are actually going to help them in the long run versus just buying something just in the moment to fill some emotional void. My 12-year-old, well, he's almost 13, he has been learning cryptocurrency. He's been learning how some of that works. And he also is learning how to manage his paper money. So those together are skills that he can use moving forward. And what better time do we have than right now using this pandemic as an opportunity to parent in a way that's going to help our kids grow? Now, the sixth thing that I have on my list here is self-mastery. You probably already guessed that this was coming. (laughs) You know, your energy Your state of being affects everybody else. So by taking care of yourself, you are going to impact your kids in a very big way. So some of the things that we need for self-mastery is to pay attention on where we are putting our energy in the first place. Are we paying enough attention to our needs? Do we even know what we need? How self-aware are we throughout our days? 
Are we catching ourselves in old habits and shifting those and being an example? How are our emotions? Do we have a very strong emotional intelligence developed? Do we exercise? Do we take care of ourselves through our diet? How about our own finances? How are we doing there? Do we feel good about that? What about our relationships? Are we giving ourselves enough time to develop our own skills and inspirations? Do we contribute? Do we feel fulfilled in our contribution to society? Do we feel good about that? How about our environments? Is our environment a stressful environment and we're just dealing with it? Or are we taking action to create an environment that feels calming? Something that soothes our own nervous systems. Because we also have a lot that we're carrying, right? We have all these different things that we're trying to juggle. So it can be really tough to be a good parent if we are always stressed out. And then are we dealing with our own self-care? Are we taking frequent breaks? Do we meditate? Do we journal? Do we socialize with our friends? We have to make sure that there's a well-balanced effort here. Now, I know a lot of you might be saying, but how? I'm already so overwhelmed, I don't even know where to start. This sounds great, but what do I do? And I have to say this. Start small. One clear decision at a time. From there, you can then start to change one thing every single day through those clear decisions that you're making. How do you get to that place? Pause, surrender, take care of yourself, develop yourself spiritually, build resilience emotionally. You have to start with you, obviously. Pinpoint your biggest need that is not being fulfilled. So if you need more time to yourself, for example, then that might be the thing that you give to yourself first. Figure out what it is that you need the most and then give that to yourself. Obviously, you want to work with stress management as well. And that's probably likely going to be the first thing that pops up for a lot of us is how to manage our own stress. And then we have to take action on that one small, clear decision at a time. Another tip, look at the big picture. You know, not all of these tasks, all these things that we want to create have to happen right now. Not everything at once. So look at the big picture and then start filling things in from there. Things will fall into place as you take action. But if you decide not to take action and you stay stuck in that frozen mode of overwhelm and not knowing what decision to make, that is only going to prolong the suffering. Also, it's important for you to follow your intuition. We have all these ideas in our mind of what we should do and when to do them, and that's what creates the overwhelm. But our intuition, that that subtle guidance that we have deep inside of us, will always lead us to the right strategy. We don't have to figure it all out right now. So follow your intuition. Release perfection. It's not going to be perfect, and that's going to be okay. Release the need for it to be perfect. And then if you need, get yourself some support. Whether that's a therapist, a coach or a mentor, a friend to talk to. But you need to make sure that you have support. 
because everybody falls sometimes. And we always benefit from having somebody who cares there to help us, no matter what we are going through. And right now, we really need that support. In order for you to be supportive of your children, you need to have support for yourself. So that's all I have for you guys today on today's episode. I do hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please consider going over to iTunes, leaving a five-star written review, and then sending me a screenshot of it so that I can give you a shout out on one of the upcoming episodes to thank you for your contribution to this podcast. If you find that you need some help in your self-mastery, please get a hold of me and we can see if we would be a good fit to work together. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your week and I will talk to you on the next one. Bye.